0: welcome into another edition of spits and suds i'm gavin spittle of 1053 the fans so glad to be joined on this murky murky day by two-time stanley cup champion he likes this weather it's like wisconsin hockey weather two-time stanley cup champion should be in the north dakota hall of fame don't understand why he's our favorite defenseman craig ludwig how are you my friend
1: I'm good. I got the IT department on things this morning, so computers up and running, um, it sounds like. Unfortunately, it's working, so we got to do this. But uh, uh, everything everything looks good.
0: All right, that's good. That's, uh, That's good. Man, I wanted to have some fun today. I mean, stars play as we record this tonight in Detroit. So we'll get to some stars in a second. But, man, there's just so much NHL news. And I started taking notes throughout the weekend, and I'm like, I'm going to ask Craig about this. I'm going to ask Craig about this. I'm going to ask Craig about this. So,
1: I'm oh, going. Oh, let me see. We're going to go Patrick Wa. Yep. Good move. We're yep. going to go Corey Perry. Good move. Yep. Um, are we done? That's going to do
0: it for Spits and Suds today. Okay, I'm Gavin. Well, thank Sp- you. That was awesome. <laughs> I got a couple others. <laughs> do you want to talk stars 10-ish? first? <laughs> we could talk stars first, or do you want to go NHL first?
1: You go where you want to go.
0: Okay. All right, so Terry Ryan, uh, 47 years old, gets a call. He's sitting at the local pub in Nova Scotia, thought it was a prank because it was his birthday, and they said, we need another player to play for the ECHL Nova Scotia Growlers. And turns out he suits up the next day in front of his family and plays, drops the mitts at one point. Um, Just a pretty cool story. And I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. And I also wanted to know, is it ever in the back of your mind if I had to, you know, would you want to go one more time just for a game?
1: It's in the back of my mind every single day I wake up until I get to the rink and play in a men's league game or something like that. And then it leaves my mind really quick. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, you, you keep saying, well, I, I mean the game, the way it is today would never, I would have never played in the league, you know, only because it's such a fast game and, you know, and the skill and all that kind of stuff. But, but there are times when you kind of go, um, that's not the way you're supposed to play that. And like to a little more physicality here and there. And there's things that you go, I would defend that completely differently. And I don't think that pass would have gotten across, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, but then reality sets in when you go to a game and you know, and I've, I've said this a lot. Um, I, I have a hard time going up and sitting in a suite with the guys and being able to leave the game and go, I'm like, what the hell happened tonight? <clears throat> you know, because it's so fast and you you literally have to sit there and pay attention. Uh, you know, if you, but again, we're not there for that. It's not like we're scouting or anything like that, but <clears throat> you know, so it's just in reality sets in and you know, and again, I, you know, with our guys all the time at practices every day, you know, I jump into drills, and you know, I find my, I, I I backed up a lot as a defenseman into my own zone by the goaltender when I was in, when I was in shape and I was younger. Now I got my arm around the goalie as they're coming through the neutral zone. So, you know, it, yeah, it. I mean, there there may have been that thought, you know, 15 years ago, but um, but no, not anymore.
0: Okay, pretty cool story though. Um, sitting at the pub and then getting a call and then knowing he has to suit up the next day. Um, in in front of his family, uh, I, you know, just hearing him tell that was, uh, really, really cool. And especially on that Island where the growlers mean something, I'm not saying that the Allen Americans of the ECHL, you know, same league don't mean something. They have a great following in Allen and here in North Texas, but you know, for that Island that has produced some terrific NHLers um, you know, around that area, uh, PEI, Prince Edward Island, with Brad, Et- uh, Brad Richards and Steve Ott was from there. Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, they're from the islands as well. So, uh, just a lot of history in Nova Scotia. Just I thought it was a a real cool story. So I, I said, mm, I I wonder if Craig would enjoy suiting up uh one more time, but he does it in alumni games. Okay, so you mentioned. Patrick Wah, and you played with Patrick Waugh, and that is my second question. Does Craig believe in the coach bump? That's one of the questions. And second, what is your relationship with your former netminder?
1: Uh, First one first, Uh, do I believe in it? Yes. It's been proven over and over that, you know, I, I mean, more often than not, when, when there's a new voice and a new guy standing behind the bench <clears throat> and, you know, for, for Patrick, he didn't have, it, it was kind of an uh, unusual time. I think uh, that the <clears throat> decision was made because of days in between and not having, you know, sometimes I think that GMs look for that window where, okay, we play, we play a home game, and then we play another home game three days from now, and so game's over. The current coach gets called in. See, ya. in the meantime, there's already been, you know, the consummation of a, uh, you know, the new guy. I mean, that's happened, and so that guy's on a plane already. And deals done, and he's in there either that night or the next morning. And then he's got three days to, you know, make some tweaks and things like that. So, <clears throat> but you know, I I've said this and there was a there's a there's a phrase, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And a few years ago, I kind of rethought that. And you keep looking at uh coaches that come into regardless of what sport, what teams it are. I mean, you you kind of start fresh and 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 sometimes uh, There's a little bit more energy. You don't have frustration, possibly. Um, let, Let's take a guy like Ty Delandria, and, and I'm not. I'm just using that because he played his first game in what seven or eight games. Yeah, good example like though. <clears throat> so Ty comes in, new coach, and he, you know he he does what he does, and then that 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 new guy standing behind the bench, like, well, what, why the hell was this guy sitting out for the last eight games, you know? And then maybe five games later, you go, okay, now I know why that guy's sitting out. And I'm not talking about time, just using that for an example, that you do get a second chance to make an impression on the new guy. So, and I think that carries right on through. Uh, you know, there's guys that are on the power play that want to stay on the power play. There's guys that aren't on the power play or that may be on the second unit or sometimes get a little, you know, get you know, get a little dabble of it. Go I deserve to be on the power play. So all of a sudden you get an opportunity and you're out there and you score a couple goals that night. And we'll, he goes to anybody that's left over on the coaching staff. Why isn't this guy in the power play? So you do get that bump. I, I think it's the coach bump. It's a new coach bump. And, um, unfortunately, well, let's look at Edmonton, right? Knobloch comes in there. Yep. Uh, and I don't think that the guy was that that was coaching, Deserve to be fired at that moment. Agreed. I think that it was just, you know, it, the team got off to a, I, I, you know, at the end of last season, their captain and best player in the game, Connor McDavid had reached out to all the players and said, listen, we're going to be there. We're not going to be there two weeks before training camp. We're going to be there five or six weeks before, and we're going to start getting ready. This is, you know, we, we've got a good team he believes and and we can do this. We can do that. So they all come in, they go through the paces, you know, before coaching staff gets there. And I'm assuming from a coach's standpoint, this is great. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it, it's good that our guys, they have that competitive juices running early in, in August or whenever they get there. And then they get off to a shitty start. And, you know, they're probably going, oh, we're never letting them do this again. So short summer and things like that. But regardless, I, I, I think that you're always going to get that. But at the end of the day, the team is the team. And, you know, that I think if it – I've always been a believer when a coach gets hired and that conversation is happening with a general manager and he's going through the, the process of interviewing coaches and you there's, – there's always probably a question that's asked and, you know, wh- what game are you going to play? Are you going to play up-tempo? Are you going to play defensive style, a little both? Are you, you know, are you a trapping team? How do you play in your own zone? And if I were a guy getting interviewed, <clears throat> I would be saying, well, what do you plan on doing? What kind of players am I going to get? You know, are you going to make some moves here? Because you can have a system all you want, but in my opinion, the players actually dictate the system that you're able to play. So, you know, with the stars, use them for an example. <clears throat> I mean, they've got an up-tempo. They've got an offensive-minded uh, group. They, they obviously can score goals they can come back when they're down late in games because they they've done it. And so they believe in that Um, they're not a team that, you know, sits back and and waits. And that's kind of what I, I think the Kings have kind of been known for. And I think that's what they started to do. They've got a system in the neutral zone where they, they play this one three one and they sag back a little bit. They got a defenseman that's actually waiting in the defensive zone about the tops of the circles when you're carrying the puck through the neutral zone. So if they force you to dump, you know, he's the first guy back. Drew Doughty, one of the best in the league. He's the first guy back. He's a quarterback. He gets back, he grabs the puck, makes one pass, and they're out of the zone. Worked for them for a while, but now they're having to live on, you know, scoring a couple couple goals a game. So, like I said, it it, it all depends on, you know, who was it? I don't know, Belichick, Parcells, or I don't know which one said it, but, you know, if you want me to make the meal, I want to be able to buy the groceries. And, um, you know, and I agree with that. You know, from from a coaching standpoint, you come in and, you know, you're the GM and you have an idea and you have a a blueprint of how you want to play and the way you believe that you're going to win in this division in this conference. Um, What is it? Because that may change my opinion on how I want to want to play the game. I I don't know if you bring in a John Tortorella with with a team that's got a bunch of skilled guys, you know, um, because he's the kind of guy that wants to grind it out and he's doing a great job in Philly those are the kind of players that they have and look at the noise that they're making. And, but they're a team that they play 60 minutes of hard hockey all over the ice. And it's not really, let's tap dance in there and let's, you know, make an extra pass below the, the hash marks and go across the crease. We get pucks to the net and we crash the net, and it's paying off for them. So.
0: All right. Second part of the question, your relationship with Patrick Wah over the years, you played in front of him. <laughs> And uh, what's your relationship? And if Patrick Waugh called and said, because you do have familiarity with the Islanders organization, if they called and said, Craig, we know you're a coach down there. Uh, Would you like to come up in a coaching role? What would your thoughts be?
1: Well, I, it was funny, like uh, about uh, a week ago, um, and I highly doubt that this was related, but I had a message that I didn't return. And it said, have you heard the news? And what do you think? And, I don't even know if it had anything to do with hockey, but the family member has, you know, someone that's related to ownership and is, you know, hands-on with the, with, with the owner, uh, Scott Malkin, and does a lot of stuff in in his other companies for him. And anyway, then when the news came down, I'm like, huh, maybe I should have returned that message a little earlier, but, um, for as far as I haven't seen Patrick in years, um, He, you know, he's a Quebec boy. And so he's been, he's been in his uh, home province and he's been coaching his junior teams and winning championships there. Um, He's a fiery guy. He's a passionate guy. He does not like to lose, which we, we all love. Um, I think it's a old school kind of mentality is you got to hate to lose. Uh, You've got to, everybody loves to win, but you got to hate to lose more. And, And those are the kind of players that you want on your team. Um, so I, I had heard, I didn't see it. I saw little things that he came out in his morning skate the first time he got on the ice and it was a, it was a pace and it was a hard, hard skate. And that's Patrick. There's a new sheriff in town and, and this is the way this ship is going to run. And, you know, he, he's demanding, um, he holds you accountable. Um, and it's something that, you know, the, the GM, he he's done that before. Um, he's kind of known for bringing in, uh, people just before or a couple months before the season ends. Um, if you're in a playoffs, if you're expected to be in the playoffs and you're not playing to your potential. And I, obviously he believes in that coach bump. Um, and he also believes in Montreal Canadians. <laughs> so, you know, if you go back to some of the GMs that Lou has hired in, in the past, and you know, there's three or four that are somehow related or played for the Canadians. Um. So Patrick probably fits right into that. And, and the bottom line is, is Patrick's a general, and yeah. I, I think Lou likes those kind of guys. And um, he is going to hold players to account accountability. And he doesn't really care if you have a letter on or if you're the number thirteen forward or the seventh defenseman. You're, it's my way or the highway.
0: So, is coaching in Craig Ludwig's future at a higher level? Oh,
1: I don't know. I mean if there was, you know, if there was anybody out there desperate enough to place a phone call, I would <laughs> don't definitely say listen. That. Come on. Um I <clears throat> and it's it's really funny as we're talking about the Islanders because uh, it was two weeks ago uh, one of the people I'm talking about I had sent a text message and I just got done watching a football game the night before. I, it was probably during the the first round of the, you know, the playoffs football. I don't remember exactly when it was. I just, that all the text message said is, is that man, you guys, you guys need a defensive coordinator. And I said, I'm not talking about football either. It was just the way things were, you know, things were happening in their own end and the way they were playing to the neutral zone and things like that. So again, they, they've got the guy that's, you know, gonna, you know, gonna step in and, and I'll tell you one thing you'll find out. With Patrick, at least as a player, he's got your back, you know, as long as, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to, he, he will, he will let other opponents, he will let other coaches know that he's your guy. So, um, and again, you know, all these hockey people know that. And it's just, <clears throat> I know there was a question. I think I heard it yesterday or the day before, whatever it was. And they were like, man, why, why did Patrick go? I mean, is it, Did all the other coaches kind of bail or or stay away from him because of, you know, when he got into Colorado and him and Boudreaux had a little glass pushing thing and all that kind of stuff. Like, is he, well, is he a loose cannon back there? And, and that's not what it is. He, he will let his players know that, yes, he's the head coach, but he's one of you. He's a teammate. And, and he'll he'll have your back and and you do what you know what you're asked of and 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 he will he will right, be right there standing next to you so I, I just think that that's a philosophy that that Lou has also and and he's kind of brought that along whether he was in Jersey or Toronto or the Islanders or wherever he's been so he seems to fit in and, and I also think that when you have a guy like Patrick with a resume that he has um, from playing, uh, Stanley Cups, coaching in juniors. So in other words, working with younger kids, coaching in the NHL. I would, I would have to say that there may have been a lot of, or not a lot, uh, some other teams that he decided to pass on. Yeah. And I think that maybe he, he found a team and an organization, you know, with the history similar to Montreal, possibly, that he and and a general manager, Um, you know, and he may he may have had that conversation with Lou. Listen, we're both like this. I just want to know. Here's the kind of team I want. Here's the kind of players I want to play on this. So maybe that conversation conversation yeah. was
0: yeah, and it's come know. out. There there were a couple teams that had some interest um based on his championship once again in juniors, and based on some time had gone by, and based on I mean, Patrick was very candid about. Looking back, he did not like the way that he handled things uh, in Colorado on the way out, and he should have handled it better. But there were a few teams looking at him for uh, that quote-unquote fire and that, uh, and, and that coach bump. And he's joining a team, Craig, that I think has some really good pieces. I mean, they're just outside of the playoff picture right now. A lot of season left. So, um, you know, if he, he can easily turn that. Well, not easily, but I mean, it's a little different than Martin's, uh, Martin St. Louis taking over in Montreal, which is more of a project.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're again, they're they are a team that's uh, what they're going to do if they get in, um, but then there's a lot of teams like that, right? I mean, it's it's but but the bottom line is you get in and you got a chance, and, and so you know, and again, I, I just think that it ends up being at a time of the year you're you're close to you know the, the, that push at the playoffs and when that stuff is all going to start and all that kind of stuff, and um, like I said. Uh, Lou is a very calculated guy. And so, um, you know, they're I th- Detroit and Tampa, Jersey Islanders. I don't know. I'm not a, uh, for some reason, I don't believe in the Capitals. I don't know why. Maybe it's because age, maybe. You know, the, the, yeah. Maybe that's, that's probably what it is, but, but there's those wild, ki- wild card teams. I think there's four or five of them that are separated by like two or three points. Yeah. So you have a chance. There's, there's no question. You have a chance. Yeah. But you know, there the, the the numbers that I don't look at all. Every I don't look at all. I mean, I look at offensive numbers, obviously. In today's game, you have to. But, but I end up somehow gravitating to the goal differential, and and that tells you a lot for me. And they've got a really good goalie there. And and, and when you're when you're in the red by quite a bit. And you know, you're in the minus 20 neighborhood. Um, as far as goals for goals against differential, you know, you've got you got some issues from you know the red line back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not and I don't believe it's goaltending. I, I just think they've got a real good goaltender. And uh, well, they we saw that the other night against Dallas. So, oh yeah. Um, you know, so they got a good goaltender. So there are some structure structural things that I think Patrick's gonna, you know, try to hold him a combo. I, I think what happened as is, is when Trotz left you know, and his assistant comes in, I think he wanted to kind of change the way the game was played a little bit and try to play, you know, and I mean, Trotz, when he came in there, you know, he was, he was taking, you know, that guy that take care of your own end and, you know, don't give up more than a couple goals a game. And we're going to win the majority of our games. Or maybe nowadays it's three games, three goals. But anyway, he had those guys playing well in their end. They were, they were stingy. They were tough to score against, tough to get quality scoring chances. You know, a new coach comes in and has a different idea, and maybe maybe some of that has to do with the fans. Once in a while, that they want to see more goal scoring. They don't like the two to one, you know, three to two games. I don't know whatever it was, changed it, and it didn't work. Yep. And you know, you're bringing in a guy that goaltender. They don't like goals going in their own net. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you may you may see the Islanders tighten up again. I you know I don't know.
0: Yeah, I wanted to hit on this real quick because I was watching um, Bruins Habs the other night on uh Saturday night uh, watching the stars. And then I tape a bunch of games and Bruins Habs was one that I went through. And I, I kind of wish they told Montreal, just stay in the room until it's over. But they were celebrating the 1988 Bruins team because it's part of this 100 year celebration that they're doing. And I hadn't realized that, They played you in the playoffs. You guys had beaten them 45 straight years as far as any kind of, you know, you guys just surpassed them in the playoffs until 1988 with that Bruins team. So do you remember that?
1: Do you think I played for 45 years?
0: No, I'm just saying. I, the 19, <laughs> <laughs> I played in the 40s. Played, is that what you're trying to say? played 17, but <laughs> God, you make these questions so difficult sometimes. Specifically 19. <laughs> well, either dumb
1: questions. I'm, no, I'm they're not. How difficult. is that a dumb?
0: That is great research by me going back to 1988, a historic where you, time. Where did you the, read
1: that? Where did you read that? Where did you see it? Because you didn't research it.
0: I was watching the game, and they were, okay. they were celebrating the 1988 ruins. Team that had Cam Neely, Rick Middleton, Randy Burge, Don—not uh, Don Sweeney, Bob Sweeney, uh, Jay Miller, uh, Lyndon Byers. Uh, unfortunately i had to play against all them guys yeah that's what i'm saying do you did you guys and we don't have to talk about it at length but i you know a 45 year playoff drought against a team is broken especially in a historic rivalry season uh rivalry series like boston montreal did you guys know about that back at back then that you had dominated them over the years
1: Oh yeah. It, it hangs there. I mean, you know, and again, their original six teams. Right. And so they, they were th- those, those numbers go back a long time. And, and, you know, Montreal obviously had incredible teams at the time, you know, back in those days. And there was only, you know, a small number of teams. And so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know it. And, and you do feel a little bit of pressure, I guess. I mean, you don't want it to end. You don't want to be on the team that that streak ends on. Um, so, but, but it's not like you're going into a playoff series and going, oh my gosh, we don't want to be the people that are the team that, you know, ends this streak. So that, that doesn't happen. There was no talk about it. You know, if, if, I mean, if you knew about it, it was cause you read it or heard it or, you know, somebody talked about it in the bar or something like that. <clears throat> but, you know, as far as the guys sitting on the bench, I can understand the argument on both sides. I think that, I think this is a one organization for the respect of another organization and to be out there and, you know, to be part of that shows respect from management to management, team team members to other team members. And then when it's over, it's over. But do you – and when you're the younger guys – I don't know. I don't know if they'd look at it the same way. They're probably saying, what the hell are we doing here? I can be yeah. back here playing my video game, you know, for the next 15 minutes before I got to go on the ice. So, um, <laughs> or whatever. they do.
0: And I, you um, know what I give for what it's worth, that game on Saturday night was very much like an old school Boston, Montreal game. And that's kind of faded over the years.
1: Yeah, but they're, they're, still, you know, when you're playing those teams, you, when you're a Montreal Canadian, you play the Bruins and you play Toronto, regardless of the age, you feel it and you can sense it. And, you know, there's enough hype going into it and reporters will always bring it up. You know, a couple of days before the game, you're playing the Bruins, you're playing Toronto and you know, all this stuff and young guys, well, do you know about the history? And if you don't know, you're going to get a lesson on it. So uh, the reporters that have been around for a long time um, from those, you know, two or three organizations are just as passionate about the records as the players are.
0: Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, I won't ask the question since you say I ask dumb questions. I'll just say Corey Perry.
1: Um, like it. I mean, I do too. Nobody. It, well, yes, there are people that know what happened, but for the most part, we don't know what happened, what really happened, what was done, what was said or wh- whatever. Um, you know, this is a play for a guy that has competitive edge tattooed on his ass. Yeah. And, and he does not know how to take a shift off and he drags people into the fight. He will get into the nose of the, the uglier players on the team. He'll get into the nose of the good players on the team he doesn't, he doesn't know if it's a home game or a road game. All of those things are why you want this guy on your team. And, you know, in whether he's going to play eight minutes a game or he's going to play 22 minutes a game, he will play the same minutes the same way. And this is kind of, and I would expect if I'm going in, if I'm, you know, Kenny, I don't even know if Kenny Holland's got any more power there anymore, but, but, um, if I'm management and I'm looking at the option of dragging or finding a way to get a player like that in here, I would be going, this is a no brainer. Um, He is going to, he, I would say he's got to be a con. I don't know now, but he had to be considered as a hall of famer at some point, you know, like gray area, maybe Yeah. Um, goal scored Stanley cup, Uh, I think he won player MVP one year, possibly maybe he won the scoring lead. He may have won the goal thing. So all the things that they look for, and then maybe you get a blemish like this. I don't know if that'll have anything to do with it because we don't know what it really was, but you know, you play 20 plus years and you know, yeah, your speed probably isn't the same, but all the other intangibles are there. And, and I think that's, Th- that's a quality that you want for a team that is, you know, scratching on the door of getting to the final four, possibly. Now there's always that risk of what have they won now? 13, 14, 15 games in a row or something. There is that, you know, do, do we want to insert them into the lineup when we're still on this roll? Yeah. You know, is there that one thing, but again, <clears throat> I think he's a smart enough Hockey intelligent player that he he understands what they're doing right now, the, the what they're doing. Their goaltender's on a roll. The team's on a roll. Uh, you know their their two top players are back on track, and I, I don't think he would want to go in there and take a dumb penalty, spear somebody, throw a stick in the stands, uh, to, to you know to to put any kind of wrench into what they're doing right now. You, I I would think that he's the kind of guy. <sighs> he just wants to blend in right now. He wants to blend in, do what they're doing. Don't upset the apple cart. Don't, don't ruffle any feathers in the wrong way. Um, Somebody gets, you know, Connor gets, you know, chopped over the wrist or something like that. You know, you're there Mm -hmm. and you know, you're, you're not necessarily taking a, a dumb one, but you're there. And so I would expect that that's probably what they're looking for. And I'm sure with him getting the, the green light by going in and talking to the commissioner and telling his side of the story, getting reinstated the green light to get back and play. I would think he'll be on his best behavior.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can't play that long in the league without being a decent room guy. And the other thing is Craig teams. He's, he is on tend to go to the Stanley cup. Not saying they win yeah, it. Yeah, Unfortunately but they don't
1: win it, yeah, but they go to it. But they yeah, go to it. No, right? That, that's for sure. You know, who, who, who was the, God, it wasn't Hosa. Who was, who was, was it Hosa? Was it Marion Hosa that was chess? Ch- he went to Pittsburgh and he went to Chicago. Yeah. He went to Detroit. Was that Marion Hosa? Yeah. Till he finally, yeah. <clears throat> and it seemed like every, and it was kind of like with Perry. The teams that he went to in the finals with, they never won. And then when he left, somebody won. I don't remember who it was, but. Right. You know, not like he doesn't have a ring. You know, yeah. He's won a Stanley Cup. I mean, back pa- in Patrick
0: Anaheim, Maroon so. has kind of had that too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're I mean, kind of similar players. Yeah, you know, I mean, no, that's exactly. Not, that's not fair to Perry. They're they're similar and they understand their roles, right? Or, you know, when they're on their team. I love right. those
0: guys. I think every team needs those kind of guys. That maybe analytics won't show how important they are to the team, you know, in different ways. And they always seem to come up huge in the playoffs. Those third, fourth line guys always. You know, there's always a story when you get toward the Cup finals of that third and fourth line and what they're doing.